Hello, welcome back to Social Media School with Sonia Kelji. I am your host and am excited about today's guests. So what we figured out is that apparently I sent him a friend request probably like two or three years ago and he, and he left me on red, but that has all changed today. <laughs> well, must have been because he must have had some phenomenal content that kind of drew me in. And so years later, we met via LinkedIn and... This guy is up to some phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Not only is he a TikTok expert, which everyone knows that I have been absolutely addicted to lately, um, he is also your pro seven-figure side hustler. I mean, spends the world traveling, is a digital nomad, makes all of his money online, and he can dance. That's kind of the dream. So I wanted to welcome Adrian Brambilla. Hey, what's up, Sonia? And super sorry about that old friend request. <laughs> I'm going to oh hold it against you and ask some really hard questions as a result. <laughs> oh, man. I think I deserve it. I deserve it. We were just talking before we went live here. It's like uh, when I was pro dancing, because um, that was like my first basically online business, uh, I would re you know teach 10,000 people a day on my YouTube channel basically how to dance. So like all these people, my like Facebook friend requests like maxed out then and like I like barely accept friend requests and then right before the interview you're like hey you know I have that outstanding friend request but now I got you and we're best of friends on Facebook. <laughs> we absolutely are. So um, I'm, I'm actually just like blown away by your level of experience. I'm not gonna lie I was really excited for this interview um, and if you hear me see, saying that in other episodes too I mean I really do tend to bring on the coolest people but I mean really you have accomplished so insanely much so tell me when you went full-time being a digital nomad for sure i think um if i may share just one thing that i think put the like fire in me and that got me to there or like put the idea in my head um was when i was dancing uh t-pain that was like the artist i used to dance for and he's actually quite the entrepreneur he put like auto-tune on the map he had all these he was an actor he was doing all these things and uh, we were in Chicago and he launched um, like a new song right right before our eyes on iTunes 99 cents to download and within 10 minutes he basically had a million downloads so basically watched him make a million bucks in like 10 minutes and it was like that moment that I was like dude I, like I love dancing but I got to figure out how like to monetize online where you could literally just press a launch button and have all these raving fans just want to like sign up and buy whatever it is uh, you're offering but that in my head was like the idea, I obviously making a million dollars in 10 minutes, I haven't done that, but I've done so many different ways of like testing and generating seven figures online through, basically I've tried every single, I would say legit side hustle. Cause there's also, you know, as we were talking, especially right now with the coronavirus, um, that people are in a desperate situation. So they are looking for ways to, to you know, increase a revenue stream, but you gotta be careful of the dark side of trying to make money online too, because there's, there's those as well. But um, it was after probably five years of trying to get my YouTube channel, uh, I, my first side hustle was basically teaching dance full time, uh, where I actually could, I actually made the leap. And I, I was very conservative, or still am entrepreneur. I started my very first side hustle. Um, when I was done with touring, I, 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 could, I didn't want to stay a professional dancer. I got a job at a call center. I was making about $27,000 a year. And that's when I started my first side hustle. I'd clock out at uh, three o'clock. And then I would work on my first 
uh, side business was, which was teaching people how to dance. I'd just be creating content on YouTube, creating dance tutorials. Um, and it was, uh, very difficult, very slow to try to build something organically special on YouTube. It still is. Um, my mom, I would say like my mom was like my, uh, only subscriber for like six months. <laughs> um, but, but through continuing to post and stay with it, I think it was like a year and a half in, I finally broke uh, the, the, the ice to make $1,000 in one month. And it was a big deal uh, for me, especially, you know, when you're making 27,000 or 27 K a year. Um, but it still, it, it still, you know, didn't shoot up or scale really fast. Um, right after that, I was just learning about like how to run ads and try to try to sell more dance tutorials. Basically I was trying on early stages of like social media and like YouTube and Google. And I felt like I was just throwing money away. Um, and not seeing any return. So like that whole learning process probably took like two years. Again, super slow to start. But um, what I waited for, um, this was probably again at that five-year mark, I was working at a marketing agency. My salary was around $55,000 a year. And um, combination of my first dance uh, tutorial uh, business, plus now selling like some e-commerce dance related products, I waited for my side hustle to, to match my salary, which was 55,000. When that happened, that's when I put my two week notice in. And I guess you could say the rest is history. Oh man, that, that is a story. Like that is a story of someone who had like the foresight to know what they wanted, the tenacity and the persistence to keep going despite really like humble beginnings in the internet space. And it's definitely not a overnight success story and Adrian, I, I want to draw some some uh, similarities to your experience to my own as well too. So I started my first business straight out of college, so that's a little bit different. Um, but as but I was a brick and mortar entrepreneur, and my journey into the online space, um, the first thing that I started was a. Um, a um, subscription box actually so I have sold like I've I've had a variety of side hustles too so I have sold like a subscription box um, consulting services marketing services and um, and yeah I think that's it online as well as an affiliate and things of that sort so I've done quite a bit online as well too um, and the first year for me of being in the online space was kind of a whirlwind of a dream um, in the sense of I, I hit six figures that first year, wow. but I burned myself out so bad from working so hard and I got a spinal injury that was so mm -hmm. painful that I was like, oh, I can't like, I, I like needed, I like physically cannot go on. Like I need, I needed to hit pause. So I sold that company took time to heal, rest and recover. And then realized like that was a blessing in disguise because I wasn't actually passionate about selling a subscription box. I really just wanted to geek out about social media all day. And that was my thing. I found my one thing. And since finding that one thing, um, you know, building an audience was one thing and building the right audience completely else, then learning ads, and how to do ads like a pro, that's another thing. So I can, I can definitely relate to that part of the story in the sense that it's kind of like stages. And um, even, even Pat Flynn said this in the podcast where he was on, he's like, don't start a side hustle. So this, this obviously could just mean different things to different people, but he said, you know, the best opportunity is when you're able to start a side hustle when you're not super hungry for it. 
And, and what that, what he meant by that is if you're too desperate, just like we talked about Adrian, you may not be able to make the right decisions. Whereas both of you and I started from a place of like ambition, I think, versus desperation. So we were able to kind of financially not monetize for a couple of years, you know, keep reinvesting, continue to put resources into learning X, Y, Z, um, comment, uh, you know, experiment with things and then kind of make it. So what are your thoughts on that for people? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm also a big uh, fan of Pat Flynn. Um, But I think, you know, my friends at the time, they were also, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs straight out of college. Um, I have one friend in particular who took the opposite route. Um, He was getting into like Silicon Valley mentality. And he told me that, okay, so you're going to work, you know, a job that you hate, you know, where you literally clock out at a call center um, and work on your side hustle. And he told me it's going to be slow. And when I'm, and what he was, his idea was this, the investor way where he was going to basically create an idea or business or solve, try to solve a problem, try to fundraise a lot of money and then try to like prove the concept and, and scale. And he says, when you have money, you can move a lot faster. He's not wrong. Um, and I wish it did work out for him, but um, he ended up, you know, having a, a startup and taking money on, which then turned into a loan and it was a disaster. And I, and so like, um, the, the, the strategy that I still do to this day, and I've never taken on investor capital is, uh, bootstrapping. And I, and I, this is what I would recommend for anyone wanting to start. Um, there's ways online through just creativity and research and data that you can try to build an audience or get a qualified person for whatever you're trying to sell. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. Obviously, if you pay money into an ad, it can happen instantly. But um, I did it the slow way, and um, I don't regret it. it I'm, it's basically bootstrapping as you sell. Try to sell one thing, whatever it is. Try to get one client, one lead. And then with the cash that comes in from there, then use that cash, invest it back in, and try to get another, another, another until you scale. It is slow, absolutely. But it's it's a way that you can... Um, conservatively grow and uh, just invest back in business. That's what I've done. That's still what I do today. Um, and I have um, hundreds of income streams just from different affiliates that I, uh, companies I'm an affiliate for that I promote through now running paid ads. But at the beginning, I didn't have the money. So I had to, I had to do it the organic way, which today is still 100% possible especially right now, everyone is home, internet consumption's at an all-time high. People are trying to learn and they're, more, they're spending more time on the internet and social media. So right now is the best time to create free organic content. Um, and that's one way to do it. And then once you start getting sales, uh, bootstrapping it and, and going further, like I have other, uh, uh, other friends too, they, they told me, you know, you could just take a business loan out and then uh, based on your idea and invest that loan. But, and, but to me, it's like a startup, and a side hustle at the beginning is so risky. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to fail a lot. And if you get a loan out, you know, your business is not a guarantee that's going to be successful, but the loan is guaranteed. You're going to have to pay that back, you know? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think when you get into entrepreneurship, you should uh, account for that, that error, the, basically the period of failures and trial and error, because you're going to go through it one way or the other. And I mean, then there's also moments like, you know, when the coronavirus hits and none of us were prepared for anything like this, especially uh, as brick and mortar, as a brick and mortar business owner. So, I mean, you know, there, I think in times like this, I wish my business was completely fully online. Um, Mm. But, you know, I think you went about it in a very calculated manner. 
it was clear that you were like trying to make it kind of risk averse if possible, but still calculating, uh, you know, the pros and the cons. And so um, tell us, cause you've taught really, you know, organic definitely is a starting point and then add scale. That's exactly what I found in my subscription box business. Um, organic got me my first 100 subscribers. And then from there, um, the next or about 800 or 900 were, um, from, from ads. So where are, what are your fa favorite platforms to run ads on? Definitely. I think the easiest platform that anyone can start is through a search engine because it's very logical. It's very black and white. Um, someone goes, it's crazy. Someone goes into Google or a search engine, uh, Amazon's a search engine, Etsy's a search engine, and they literally type exactly what they want to buy. I want to buy shoes. I want to buy a homemade candle. Like people type that in as, as, as long as people continue to do that marketers and businesses can literally say, instead of guessing, for example, at the beginning on Facebook, I think I want to target uh, uh, moms to like, you know, like Sensi or whatever. You could just go straight to the source at the top that says someone wants to buy a candle. Guess what? I make a candle. Obviously I'm really oversimplifying it, but that logic of a search engine is still fascinating and powerful. I spend probably between a thousand and two thousand dollars a day on Google. Um, and it works. It brings a massive ROI. A lot of people, uh, who aren't in it, but, uh, create excuses will say, tell me, um, not off data that they've tried, but, Oh, Google's too expensive. It's too expensive. Um, but, um, here's, this is like something, I don't know if I could say I invented this, but it's definitely philosophy. I talk about uh, in my courses and I just talk about all the time. Um, and I call it the 100 QC test, which means the 100 qualified click test. And this is how I basically test any idea, any product, any offer, any lead gen, uh, campaign is I'm just trying to get 100 clicks to my landing page. And I'm hoping that at least one person or hopefully five, one to five people are taking the desired action, whatever it is, whether I'm selling something, getting an opt-in, uh, what have you. And if no one does it, or if, if it's just one, um, then basically it, it fails my 100 qualified click test. But if it does happen and work, even if it's not profitable from those first 100 clicks, that is just giving me an indication that if I put more time in trying to test and optimize, I may be on to something. Um, but on Google, it's very black and white to know if it's a very qualified click because after you get a click from Google that you pay for, you can literally go into Google and Google says, this is exactly what they searched and then they clicked on your ad. So if you're selling uh, black shoes and then someone, uh, or running shoes, and then you look in the search and it says, um, someone searched for high heels, red high heels. Like it's very black and white, You're like, oh crap. I, that's totally not who I was looking for. That's totally off. Um, so it's a great place to start is through a search engine. But I have to admit, Google is a great place to start for, I think, so many businesses and running ads. But the place to scale, especially with uh, B2C, uh, is, is social media because um, the search demand is, it's based off, you know, a certain amount of people are searching. Um, whereas on Facebook and Instagram, uh, it's, you can find more of your ideal customers that are basically on those platforms and there, and there could be millions of them, uh, hundreds of thousands of them. Um, at, whereas Google, that search may only be happening at a cap of 10,000 per month. Um, and plus I think Google's like a digital piece of real estate. Um, if you thought of that, it's a good idea to 
place an ad on that search, guess what? Your competition did too. So it usually is more expensive, but I always think if you do, if you run the numbers, as long as you can get a lead in and it's worth the money, even if it's more expensive than it is on Facebook, you should still do it. Uh, right. I think people need to fully understand the concept of ROI. Um, I'll, I'll break it down for my business. Okay. So one of my businesses, um, I spend $5 per lead on Google, which sounds like a lot. Okay. But every lead to me is worth $20,000, you know, mm. so I'll spend that $5 all day long. Heck yeah. That's awesome. You know, you got to, you have to know the numbers. That's, that's, that's super awesome. I think that like the three numbers, I think most people don't measure by, um, and you know, I, when I'm not doing the e-commerce and affiliate stuff, I, I, um, co-own a marketing firm staff of 15 people and we do a lot of performance-based marketing and these the numbers of like what's your cost per lead and your conversion rate your lifetime value um those are the three numbers i think are the most important on a website i watch shark tank a lot so i know mr wonderful's always says like what's your customer acquisition cost which is another with a fancy way of saying how much do you need to spend in ads to try to bring in a sale or a lead um so you know if if you know that um every $5 you spend, you get a lead and the upside is up to $20,000. Like if you want to be really aggressive, you could, you'd be willing to spend $10,000 if the profit was, was in it, you know? So, Absolutely. but without those, without those numbers, it's just guessing. That's exactly. So for me, um, these are concepts that I, that got fully immersed in my head when I was running the subscription box. Okay. What's my cost of customer acquisition? Okay. What are, what's, what, you know, what am I, what is my retention rate? What's my average customer lifetime value? All these things started to gel together for me during that experience. Um, and my, even though my spine took a hit, um, it was probably one of the most like enlightening, enlightening experiences. So, it's awesome to kind of hear, you know, that you also have a marketing company. Um, is this something that you manage completely remotely? Yeah, all, um, all remote. Um, most everyone's in the uh, USA and then a few people in, in Europe. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a full scale agency. I just take care of the digital stuff. And what's funny is like my, um, maybe a couple of years ago, three years ago, I was starting to be more aggressive in spending money outside my agency on like uh, my e-commerce store. And at, at, the, at the beginning, I was literally just doing it to get good and or to get better at running ads because um, our clients, we don't have a lot of clients, probably um, around 10 and they're all uh, really big financials. Uh, most of them are. Um, and so their budgets are massive. They're spending, you know, six figures a month in ads. And um, that's a lot of money that if you, you know, can't show an ROI, for you're in trouble. So my first uh, uh, reason why I just want to try all these side hustles and affiliate marketing and drop shipping. I mean, I, some people like they preach and, and they're all into that. Um, and, and each, I think side hustle online has its pros and cons. But for me, the beginning was just to get better at ads. Um, but what I didn't realize is like uh, how big you can scale these side hustles. I tried, you know, drop shipping. I, um, I took, a few stories of six figures, but it caused massive headaches. It's, it's a great side hustle to start because again, you get to uh, get a dive into a world of data of understanding the numbers that you just spoke about. And then, um, and then I, I was, what I didn't like was basically managing, managing of inventory. Um, it was a headache and pain 
and I was drop shipping from uh, China, which a lot of people do to start, um, which was an ugly process, but uh, then drop shipping USA. I tried high high end furniture. Uh, I was trying, I was just like a madman in science is just trying all these things. And then, and then I, I tried um, generating leads and then um, basically doing as an affiliate. And um, there was a company in, in the industry of uh, fitness um, for women called lady boss. And like, this was, I feel like my uh, couple years back, my almost like I won, I felt like I won the lottery. I uh, was running ads. I was testing all these different types of products in like literally every niche, like guess a niche, Sunny and I, I could probably say I tried it. Um, but this lady boss company I was running ads for is an amazing company. Um, and they run, they have uh, uh, basically like a full, um, full turnkey fitness app and supplements. And I wouldn't, when I was running ads for them, I scaled. So I don't you know what it was, it was accumulation of everything for the past seven years before then. I, I don't know what happened, but all everything connected. And um, I, I scaled that within a couple months to where I was making a profit, um, a range between uh, $30,000 and $40,000 per month. It changed my life for sure. I always give them credit that um, I was trying to test. I was trying to get data, but working with the amazing company that actually took care of their customers and had amazing product, plus my skills of selling online and running ads, it just was magic. And um, that changed my life. And, and, from that, I, I was I I like was like holy moly! Like I, I originally I just did this as basically practice, and now like making thirty thousand dollars a month as an affiliate was like I mind blowing. I uh, it it um, and then you know I I scaled beyond there, but I'll I'll just take a bus pause so I can grab a drink of water. But that was like a massive moment for me to basically connect the two of running ads for an amazing company at scale. It's like. Um, if I would have taken them as a client, I probably would have charged maybe like 10,000, but I was making more money as a, as a commission based affiliate for them selling their product through social media. Okay. That's awesome. I have heard of lady boss because of click funnels. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know they're pretty big in that community. So, and Adrian, I'm so sorry. I don't know if you can hear my baby crying in the room next door, but this is just part of like work from home life. Hey, it's awesome. Um, so, you know, it was funny because like in other interviews, she like crawled into the room, but um, that's adorable. Um, sorry about that. But um, no I, I think there is a lot we can deconstruct there. One thing that I would say is pivotal and central to your success is the ability to drive traffic, both organically as well as through ads. So I think that is fundamental for anybody listening. Like once you become a master of traffic, right, then you can really start to kill it in the online space. And there's so many people I know that can't even build an email list with a free product. And then they want to go ahead and go launch a product. And I'm like, listen, if you can't sell free, you sure as hell cannot sell your paid product, which is 10 times harder. You need to get good at, at, at driving traffic first. Yeah. Preach. So That's great advice. You, you really, really had the discipline and the diligence to put in that time. Um, and I think that is especially, especially critical. And you know what, Adrian, I'm willing to bet that you, lost a lot of money along the way too on ads while you were learning the the pros and the cons and how to do it right but oh my gosh yeah the best education you probably ever gotten right yeah absolutely i i go back to when i was um 
you know, making 27 K a year and I would spend a hundred dollars per week. That's max I could spend and I wouldn't make it back and how painful that was like, and then I still, you know, like I still am testing a lot of stuff today. I probably launch, um, now it's not just me my, now, like my side hustle, I basically have a company of four people outside the agency helping me run, um, manage everything. But like, I probably still launch around like 10 to 20 different campaigns a day. So, and, it, and it, again, it's not just me. I can never do it all on my own. Um, but I've, I've hired uh, three full-time people. One person is my dad, whose literal job is literally to like hunt down payments and manage uh, uh, accounts receivable and relationships because now I'm an affiliate for, um, I think around 260 companies, different companies, different relationships. So, um, I'm still testing. So when, when I, when I'm testing something, I'm doing my, my still my hundred qualified click tests, but, um, there during that testing phase, um, you, you still lose money. I mean, it's an experiment. You're buying data, right? So um, it's not always going to take off and, and hit a home run. A lot of, pe a lot of people see instant gratification. Um, and I'm, I'm also probably someone who could be accused of it too, because I post, sometimes I'll post screenshots or I'll talk, I'll show my dashboard. And for someone starting out, they may be like, what the heck? Like, how'd that guy make five figures in a day? Um, and like, then they'll be like, I'm going to do that too. They feel inspired. That's my, that's a goal of my content. But then when they go and launch their campaign for the first time ever, and they started literally yesterday, they're like, Oh my gosh, I, I spent $2 and like, I didn't become a millionaire. <laughs> like it's like this instant gratification. Like, so I always try to remember and share the context, like where I'm at today is because I've now been doing this for 10 years. I've lost more money than I can count. Um, and I've tried and hustled and tested so many different things. I'm still aggressively testing. It is, um, actually I just did a, um, a webinar, uh, the other day and, uh, I calculated how many campaigns I launched last year. It came out to like around 1200 different products that I tested wow. in camp campaigns, only 200 of them ended up making a profit. So I basically failed 800 times last year in, in my dashboard and for ads. Oh my God. Okay. So here's the thing. When people hear internet entrepreneur, they instantly think scam. <laughs> the way that I can tell that you are the real, real deal is how much you're talking about data, how kind of emotionless you are about the process. It's not about the emotion. It's just like, okay, test. This is what my data says. Let's move forward. This is what my data says. Let's not move forward. You don't get like emotionally wound up about it. You just get better and go. You get better and you go. And that kind of science is what people really are missing when they get into the online space. So Adrian, I really hope that a lot of people tune into this episode specifically. I know I'm going to hype the hell out of it because I want them to know that the true success is like the complete opposite of this whole overnight success story. Um, zero to a million, quit my job. You can too. Um, like, you'll be driving a Lambo by next year. Like, that's, <laughs> you, know, you know, that kind of, uh, it just makes me cringe. Um, yeah. You know, it, true success really does take time. It takes a beating. And you know what? I have equally seen a lot of, a lot of people rise very quickly in the internet space. And then with one algorithm change on Google or Amazon or on Instagram or on Facebook, they just fall off the map completely, which is not yeah. going to happen to you because you have diversified right. via testing. 
Yeah, that's a massive point um, too. And I always try to go back to trying to think of when I started because most people are at that stage and how romantic I was over my own digital dance tutorials that I was selling and frustrated how I was when I was spending that hundred dollars. I could not, you know, get people to, to buy. I did not understand. Like I was, I'm, the, I'm a great dance teacher. Why I'm, I'm driving someone who's searching how to dance. They will not buy my dance tutorials. Like why, why, why? Like, um, and now <laughs> having you recap basically my roboticness and unemotional uh, failure, it's like, it, it really is like a muscle that you have to like train. Uh, and, and so it's not easy at first. I, I, I'm not going to lie and say, just, you know, don't think about it, but you like, you, you have to just keep testing and trying. And, um, right now I feel like I am super unemotional about failure. Like, uh, my dad, uh, who, again, I think he's been now with me working for like seven months now. And, um, even like maybe just a few months ago, like, uh, here's the con of being an affiliate. Some companies, even if you brought in the sales completely ethically through your own audiences as an influencer or through running ads, they won't pay you. So the companies will scam you, the affiliate who's working for free as or on commission. And so that happens. It's part of the game. Um, maybe two to 2%, 1% of the affiliates, uh, companies end up don't paying for me. And then, you know, I will always remember and I will never recommend them. But, um, well, at first my dad was like, Oh my God, these people owe us $3,000 and they're not going to pay. And it was, it was like, so, and for my reaction was like, I know it, it happens. He's like, what do you mean it happens? Like that's $3,000. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, we can't do anything. We just move on. You know, um, it, it just remind it. You saying that reminds you of like the, when you start training and trying, um, and testing, of course you got, you, you need to get some wins too. like early successful wins. I try to measure just by little progress. Like if you're just starting out your first sale, celebrate that. Cause that is an amazing feat. Um, but, uh, Absolutely. if you're, if you're serious about it, um, you kind of just build those, that tolerance of muscles, um, to keep trying. And, and I still, I fail more than I succeed still to this day. Well, I am like, I just really love the story. And I think you're just such an interesting person too. I mean, like on TikTok, TikTok you're nearly at a hundred thousand followers. So, I mean, here we are talking about paid ads, neglecting the fact that you're like a ninja in the organic space as well. So one question I've been burning to ask is as a pro dancer, how come you don't post that many dance videos on TikTok? It feels super counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, you'll catch me here and there, but, uh, you know, I, I actually got like pretty burnt out on dance. I was uploading like two tutorials, um, a week and like, uh, I was waking up to like hundreds of DMS people asking me to watch their dance videos. And this was like about, this is like five years ago. Um, and I got really burnt out. Um, but so dance to me is like, has like really changed. Um, now, like I, I really enjoy music. I love dancing and moving, but like even the thought of me trying to make a dance video right now, like a full on dance video, it like, it kind of hurts my stomach a little bit. And I don't know if I, there's something I got to get over, but um, I definitely, um, I, I love the feedback because I, I need to dance. It, it makes me, you know, it makes me happy. But right now I feel like I'm back at being like a closet, a closet or a living room dancer and, I, and I'm enjoying it, but I, I do want to, I should post more content out there. Um, I actually saw, I think a TikTok of you dancing today. Oh my God. Don't, oh, I wish you hadn't seen it. You know, what? <laughs> I've never danced before ever. 
<laughs> I was like, did awesome. What's the easiest fucking dance that I could find? <laughs> this one's got three steps and I don't even actually have to move my body. <laughs> so um, anyhow, anyhow, uh, I like can dance for the life of me. I may like sprinkle it in here and there, but it's definitely not me. My family makes so much fun of me because like I'm, you know, Indian Pakistani culture. And so dance is a huge, huge part of that. And, um, and basically like at every wedding we have to like rehearse dances and I'm always like making up excuses like last minute, like, Hey, listen, amazing <laughs> having a baby. I'm like, Oh, I can't make dance practice this baby, you know? <laughs> and, like, stuck. and I'm always the person that's like two steps behind everyone else in the back. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, but, but you know what? It's funny. It's funny because I feel like TikTok's making me, um, challenge my comfort zone just a little bit and I am nowhere near where you are. I haven't even crossed a thousand on TikTok yet. Um so I guess some of the one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Adrian, is you know, just some parting advice on how to really grow on TikTok. We have heard from a couple of individuals, um, but I don't believe we've really spoken to anyone really in the entrepreneurial space, which that content is a little bit, you know, more dry per se, like, mm -hmm. and a little bit more mature as well. So talk to me about scaling in that niche. Man, I, I wish I had uh, the secret success of TikTok down. I, I do feel like I'll post a video. I'm like, this is the one it's going to crush. And then something else that I totally didn't think just like ends up blowing up and getting a million views. Um, I feel like the, right now is just the opportunity of TikTok is TikTok itself that um, I, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. I actually was on his show when T-Pain was on his show, uh, Ask Gary Vee Show. And um, his, his, his message right now of like, if you're serious about growing a following, period, that's it. Doesn't matter what niche. If, you're, if you want to grow a following or an audience for your business, you need to be on TikTok posting six times a day. I've taken that advice to heart. So if you look at my content, um, I'm posting six times a day. Like it's just effort. Um, and I am trying to mix up my content. Um, I talk about books. Uh, I talk about mindset. Um, and I admittingly, I do talk about money and I use clickbaity titles of, you know, it's just the truth. If I talk about this mindset, like philosophical thing that actually could really like make you think for a moment, that's deep it probably won't get as many views as when I say, Hey, I'm a millionaire, but, and here's how I did it. <laughs> no, like, and I, get it. It's just, I, I really do. Yeah. It's hard because that's exactly the hook that really gets people in. And mm -hmm. what's so funny is I saw a Gary V video on this just today. He's like, sometimes I do drop, you know, numbers and I do act like a big shot, but that's only because once I get you in, I talk values and if yeah. that's what it takes to teach you what really matters, I'll do it. And so right. I really see that, and you know, Adrian, for me, from like an outside perspective on your content, usually, usually when I see screenshots of numbers and stuff, I like internally cringe so hard. However, what I liked about your content was there were so many posts that were so humble and you're like, look, I don't have material possessions. I'm, I don't have a mansion to pose in front of for you. I don't have the cars to pose for in front of you because that's not what matters to me. And that doesn't define whether I'm a millionaire or not. And those, those posts honestly are what caused me to reach out to you to interview you today. That's awesome. I really uh, appreciate that. I always, I think my, my wife always reminds me as well, like, 
Um, if you just say, hey, I made six figs, seven figures, or whatever the number is, or you just say what your now worth is, like that right there in itself is just being cocky or douchey. But if you provide context, even a little, I mean, TikTok's for 15 seconds, you can't tell your whole life story, but if you just provide one lesson of context, you know, then I think that's what I, I just, I just need to stay humble and remind myself, like, don't just flash, like have a story, even if it's a second long on TikTok, just to have some context. Cause then people will not just be like, okay, he's not just flashing. There is some type of message I can walk away with. Absolutely. And for me too, I think, you know, cause I have been on the app nonstop since this quarantine has started. And what I have appreciated most is the micro storytelling. Um, so just, just the way that people are telling stories compressed in 15 seconds, their life or a really powerful moment that changed them. For me, I come from a background of writing. So if that was your art was dancing, my art was writing. And so for me, even though writing is not really the core of TikTok, I think of every TikTok I put out there, like a story, like a five sentence story. And each line gets three seconds. And that's, that's awesome. kind of what I've been thinking about it, like very, like poetically almost. Um, I'm definitely, again, very brand new, but I'm super excited. I did get over 100,000 views this week. So dang. I, I was like, hey, like maybe, maybe I'll make it. Who knows? We'll see. You will. We'll see. You what will. Happens. But um, it's definitely the funnest ever. So Adrian, I know I've gone over time, which is something I'm so guilty of, which is why I have changed my <laughs> interview times to 45 minutes instead of 30, because I get into every episode so much. But I just wanted to um, have you um, basically tell people where they can find out more about you. Sure. Well, we're talking about TikTok. I feel like I'm super active there as well. Um, so TikTok, Adrian Brambilla. Um, also, if you want to learn about um, some of my uh, courses. I have uh, even courses that cost even just a dollar um, uh, that uh, anything from marketing business and money, um, uh, adrianbrainbilla.com. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I actually try to respond to every DM I get on Instagram. Um, so, and that handles at Brambillabong. But uh, yeah, I, you know what, this has been super fun. Um, uh, it's been fun to talk business, laugh a little bit. Uh, talk about the the story and and Sonia, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, when you get too famous for me on on TikTok. I know that day will be soon. I hope so. I hope so. My my dance moves might take over yours pretty soon if I keep going <laughs> at this rate. I mean, so who knows what's going to happen? Um, maybe T Pain might hit me up next. <laughs> oh man, it'll be fun. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Social Media School with Sonia Kilji. I just want to remind everyone that this is not just a podcast, it is a community. So please, please join us for a after podcast QA in our Facebook group, Social Media School with Sonia Kilji. That's S A N I A H-I-L-J-E-E. -E. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you in the next episode.